0: You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church.
1: Hey, this is Adam Griffin, and I'm here with my two female co-hosts. First, Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie?
2: Great, feeling very female. <laughs> you are
1: very female. I don't
2: know if it's the cardigan or the bracelet.
1: Yeah.
2: What makes yeah?
1: I'm not wearing any bracelets, and I definitely don't have a cardigan on.
2: You could, though. I mean, Mr. Rogers wore a cardigan.
1: That's true. It's not
2: just females that wear cardigans. Well, that's
1: but. true. That's true. Speaking of very female, uh, but not wearing a cardigan, my <laughs> dear wife, Chelsea Griffin. How are you doing today, Chelsea?
2: Hello.
0: I'm good. I'm here in all my layers. <laughs> I was looking at the pink sweats. I was are, we,
1: are we wearing ski pants? The fame, We've talked about this on the podcast. Are you wearing some of the, the no, fleece No, I'm wearing
0: fleece pants underneath some uh, very thick sweatpants. Yeah, what soft did you, clothes. What did you and say I, to
1: me last night about those pants? Do you remember?
0: I wish I had more of them. I, now, don't I
1: think you said I wish that it was acceptable to wear these underneath everything. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Those are
0: the pants that I have that are like the lining looks like polar bear fur. Yeah, um, yeah those are some different sweatpants. But I bought those after I googled warmest pants on earth, <laughs> and I bought them, and and they are they are the warmest pants. They're gigantic, so I couldn't even fit them under anything. Because they're
1: thick, you're saying? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They're very large. I would like Uh, our listeners to know
2: what what temp do you keep your house at?
0: The it's not that high. I mean, I don't think we keep the heat on like seventy two. Okay, a lot, and I and I can agree that it does get stuffy in our house,
1: sometimes. big times Oh, I, that's not yeah. my, that's a yeah. You're complaining say. right now, Cassie? Yeah, do no, you no, I mean to go okay. the I was that. curious <laughs> <laughs>
2: because I came from church, which we keep, we keep cold all the time. Yeah,
1: well, church is always cold. Speaking of gender differences, like uh, I was told that the reason that room temperature is what it is is it was decided by middle-aged white case. males. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like
0: all lab values.
1: Yes, like what is a normal lab value, right? Yeah. Chelsea, tell us about that. Like what's what's normal.
0: Well, a lot of people live outside the norm in their lab values, but what we consider normal is based on, I think, 40-year-old white males.
1: Yeah, I'm 43, so I'm just a little bit outside the norm. Eric's
0: 40,
2: so Eric. So he can teach you how to keep your potassium just (laughs) right. (laughs) I eat bananas, I assume that helps.
1: All right, well, we're back on a really important question that we started addressing in the first episode of this season. Last episode, we talked about uh, basically leading boys to be men and the society, the culture, Also, just how we define that and then what the church can do about it. This is going to be a similar conversation, but I wanted to focus about the genders separately because I do think they're worthy of their own conversations. But certainly this is really, really important. How are we helping families think about raising girls to be women? And also, you know, even a family like the Griffins, we're not raising any girls here, but we are certainly raising boys who want to be sensitive to the difference or sensitive to what a, a woman is, what a girl is. And what that, what means for them as men. Now, Cassie, when we were talking about even prepping for this episode, you were saying that even the resources kind of in your arsenal of resources, which is a a deep well, you have a deep deep well, well. what you were coming up kind of short on this. Talk to me about that.
2: Yeah. I called Adam on Thursday and was like, Hey, if you think I've got this figured out or I have like a killer resource to recommend, I don't. Um, I did order probably 14 resources on Amazon. (laughs) To speed read and to, I called all my like avid reading girl mom friends and just distributed them and said, can you read these over the weekend? And then hit me back with some of your feedback because I was just curious as to what they thought about the resources that exist that are out there. Um, but it's pretty anemic. Yeah. It's not great. Why is that? I don't. I don't know. I think some of it might be we've come out of the purity culture where every resource was about purity for women and now societally there's a lot of confusion about what it means to be a woman Yeah, and I don't know that the the church has had a great response to that. There's like
0: this strong feminism narrative that like because we do want equality in opportunities for women, we don't want women to suffer because they are women, right? But then... So that's, that's, an, that's a biblical idea, that, yeah. that women have equal worth, yeah. uh, that they are made in the image of God. But a lot of things that just come with the word feminism imply this, that it's not about having equal worth yes. and um, a, like dignified co-heirs with men, but rather that like you actually have to oust men. Right. from anything that they right. do in order to show your value and yep. prove it you almost have you've got to like shove it in their faces yes and show that we can actually take all the best jobs or we can actually yes. lead everything and there's like no room for them which is bizarre because we hated the idea of men saying there was no room for us yeah in it's certain all, it spaces. doesn't
2: work if you no if you see did y'all see Barbie. No. No. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean for that to sound like judgmental. It just I'm well, I'm so,
0: so unified. Like saw no, it three times. we just didn't. we the
2: <laughs> I saw it three times at the theaters. Okay. The Northwest staff actually went and did a staff fund day, and then had a very robust dialogue. But I would say it's a great opportunity. I took. I ended up taking Maven, and we had a great conversation because that's essentially the world that they are running is that women have all of it. Did I just spoil the plot of the Barbie movie? No. no <laughs> oh, okay, close Because point. they still don't know that it's a multiverse movie, Oh, uh, multiverses are killing us.
1: Adam and I are just talking <laughs> about this. They, they've too got to die. You don't like Spider-Man?
0: No, we oh, like I it. It's just Spider-Man. too much. There's a
1: couple that are good. It's too much. Well, I watched the worst movie ever this week and it was all multiverse I'm and I don't so even want to get sorry. into it. It was so bad. It was, okay. I'll never get that time back.
2: Well, for those who were... Brave enough to watch Barbie. I um, oh oh you have to be brave. Yeah, so, the girl who was girl, bold. to yeah, watched Barbie. Girls are so brave out there watching. But movies. I told Maven like the they're wrong. Both sides were wrong, and it's like you know God's design was for there to be flourishing for both genders and not just one or the other because it paints you know yeah. both genders having their heyday, and so it's like we just talked about how like it fa- it fell short of really painting a picture of what it looks like for both. To flourish. Yeah. And that's where God's design comes in. And so, um, but yeah, the resources were a little lacking. They're mostly about puberty, um, purity, and then there's a ton on what it means to be a wife or a mother, um, which is that is God's good design yeah. Yeah. that all women would be wives and mothers. Um, but th- the fall happened. Totally. Um, and so I can't, that's not a promise I can make to my girls or keep. I don't know if they'll find godly men. Do you think really that it? Pre fall, everyone had to be married. There well, should have been. I don't know. I mean, I think his design was Jesus. For, Jesus wasn't married. Well, that he. Well, I don't understand that, but he also. I don't know. That's a great question. But I'm saying you can and live. A, you can live a perfect in the life in new heaven and new earth. You That's can right.
0: live a perfect life, glorifying to God. That's you what I mean. Be- oh yeah, I know that. So I'm saying, like, but you thought if if sin hadn't come into the garden, that every single person would get married?
2: I don't know. I just thought the be fruitful and multiply oh, for I, Adam and Eve was like. I see do that. Yeah. More marriages, more, more marriages, yeah. more families. Like yeah. keep going, keep going, keep but going. Not necessarily I
1: necessarily. Like you're not saying marriage is part of God's perfect plan. If you're not married, you're lacking. No, like no, no, no. I no, know no, you're no, not saying no. that.
0: I've just never thought about this concept. No, no, no. I'm
2: not picking apart Cassie's theology. I know, her, I, I never doctor. <laughs> but no, I think could, it's yeah. interesting because in the yeah. new heaven and new earth, we won't be married That's and right. I don't know that we'll be procreating. Um, yeah. so, but I think it's more of just like, that was the initial design in the garden. And so, I was just thinking though, I think my my friends who are women uh, that are my age, that are in their late thirties or early forties and not married, have struggled with like, what does it mean to be a woman then if yeah. I'm never going to mm. um, operate in those two roles? Yeah, because the church has said a lot to women who operate in those two roles, sure. but not a lot to women who are single. Yeah, yeah. and so. It's like there was, there's got to be an answer for them, but yeah. there wasn't mm-hmm. a lot out there.
1: Yeah, you guys are touching on a couple things things for, for me. Like when you think about singles ministry in the church has historically been, I wish I was married ministry in the church. And we don't actually minister to singles. We minister to people assuming they wish they weren't in the stage they are, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And one thing that happened similarly in its irony in our culture is that in order to create equality in our cultural narrative between men and women, our culture has said, well, And then being feminine and being successful must be a woman being what has been considered historically masculine. So if it's been historically masculine to be the hero who comes in and rescues the helpless, well, women are going to fill that role and men will not. And you go, well, just because it's been historically masculine does not mean like there's an inequity there to say that has to be reconciled or that men have to be feminized in a sense of, uh, incapable of some, like, which has been historically detrimental in its feminine definition. Well, now that's men as if we had to like tear something down for men and build something up for women. And really it exchanged something instead of saying like, Hey, the way the Lord designed you though, the way the Lord has made you, I'm not saying like, Hey, however, God made you is perfect. I'm saying twisted by sin, but, uh, But saying that societally, a woman, in order to be equal with a man, does not have to take on historically masculine traits. Right. She can still be uh, what has been historically feminine. She can cook in a kitchen. She could be a stay-at-home mom and still be of great value. But there's kind of a societal story that goes, oh, that might lead to oppression. And I get it. And maybe it has for so many people that we need to be careful about that. But I think it also has, has built these kind of guilt-shame cultural ideas of feminine masculine yeah. that uh, you can see it in our storytelling right now. That if, if, if a story does not have a strong female character, and by that what we mean is a woman that can punch a man or kick a man or overcome a man, then it's not like a yeah. good modern story. And at the same time, well, thank God for this. We don't have stories where men are hitting, kicking women in order to be successful. So there's some strange still existing inequities. Chelsea, you're much better at articulating this than I am. Am I touching on anything?
0: Yeah, I, I think what you're describing is this, well, we just talked about the scarcity mentality as if like there's not enough room for everybody. Right. Um, so like you're describing the idea of like, if a woman needs to be masculine in order to be more valuable or, or be equal, um, then that's still saying that that men are
1: superior. But a woman needs to be like a man. You can attain
0: it. Just be like a man. Right. Right. Like in the workplace, just make sure you don't have any children uh, because Mm -hmm. it will hurt your career. Right. And in our culture's response to that is like, we'll help you kill the children. And that way you can Mm -hmm. be equal because men don't have to be held back in their career by children. So why should women? So this is the solution. You're going, wow. Wow.
2: Now you don't even have to have like your menstrual cycle. They can put you on medicine that just allows you to skip it altogether. Right. Right. And you're going, "Um, yeah,
0: we're not very good. coming up with great solutions we like to think of ourselves as a very progressive society Uh, um, but we find really hurtful ways to manage what we think are our problems Uh, what i think is super tricky about this conversation is that as i raise my sons i'm eager to tell them how how great it can be to be a father and a husband Um, that if they if they seem to desire a relationship with a female romantic relationship that we're going to be able to tell our sons like that is God calling you up to lead a family, to serve and protect and lead a family. And that is so great. And you can pursue it. And we're, we want to teach you like really great, healthy ways to pursue it and, um, to honor a woman in that pursuit and, um, love her and care for her. And that is so wonderful. And if I had daughters, it's a really confusing message because we want to extol the beauty and the benefits yeah. of marriage, motherhood and family. Um, but we know if we want our daughters to wait for, for someone who is godly, we know does, it just, the numbers don't look great. Right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the exact numbers, but All they right. don't look great. Right. And so I would be very eager to tell my daughter, um, you don't need a man. Uh, you, you don't, don't need, need marriage. <laughs> motherhood's great if God grants it. Um, but right. the, But those can't be, goals necessarily they can be hopes and desires right. but it can't be something you can just say i'm just going to go achieve this yes. uh, because it re- requires a godly counterpart and so uh, and your
1: assumption is because of the rarity that we see anecdotally that that would might be the case for any daughter we're raising and i right? and yes oh, and yeah, i, I mean, and i
0: want my daughter i just i would want her to feel secure apart from that yeah. you know what right. i mean like it, it i would never want to have these messages of hey right. be like this so that a man likes
2: you right. yeah However, I, teaching them to pump gas and change their spare tire. Yeah. To do the things they might have to do yeah. when they're adults you know if they don't.
1: Yeah. What's interesting about this, <laughs> and I know we're kind of, we're delving into a little bit more like the difference between men and women in our culture. And I want to get back to like difference between girls and women, which is our, our topic. Yes. But uh, I was part of a, a social experiment in a class at one point in college where they had us on uh, write down on a piece of paper, if you woke up tomorrow and you were the opposite gender, what would be different? And this probably won't surprise you guys. And I think this says something about where our society is that almost all of the things that men wrote down, if they, tomorrow they woke up and they, they were a woman, were almost all negative things. I would have to do this. I wouldn't be able to do that. And for the women in our class, almost 100% of them were positive things. I'd finally be able to do this. Or I wouldn't have to do that anymore or wouldn't have to endure this anymore. A lot of them were biological, but some of them were societal. And I think it is, it's an impression we've fostered as a culture around feminine and masculine around what you would rather be or what is more admirable or what are what is easier what is easier what's more fun that's excellent excellent yeah Yeah. easier and more fun and that is part of what the barbie movie my understanding is that it's 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 kind of addressing that idea a little bit of the the patriarchy right is their big thing yeah yeah, yeah. and that and and there definitely is some of that but let's bring it back to uh, girls and helping our girls grow to be Women, understanding what we've talked about al- al- already, that a society might be defining womanhood in a way that's making things kind of hard. And also there's this, this difference between men and women that historically has made this conversation for us right now difficult. But Cassie, I want to start with you because you're raising three daughters. Yeah. Chelsea and I are raising three sons. The conversation we had in our last episode all about raising boys, is it very different? I'm really curious. The way that you think about raising your girls to be women, is it super different than the way we're thinking about raising boys to be men?
2: It is not, I don't I mean because I think that the aim is Christ likeness and that will play itself out differently because they're women. but the, the first thing, the first ball that would have to drop for them to be Godly win, women uh, would be to give their life to Christ and to follow him and call him Lord. And so um, all that to say, so even the passages we talked about, it's like those are ones I want my girls to know and to embody. Because even when we think about women as what mothers or wife, you know, wives, we think about sacrificial. They're also uh, sacrificing mm-hmm. and uh, leading selfless lives, and so it just looks it might it just looks different than it does yeah. to be men. So yeah, I don't think the conversation looks that different because, like you said in our last podcast episode, that. The opposite of wom- woman isn't man, it's girl. And yeah. so that means that it, our aims are actually more similar than they are different as we seek to grow them as mature believers.
1: Totally agree. So I, I've I got a question for both of you. Do you remember a moment or a time, I, I'm i willing to bet it wasn't just like in a moment, but do you remember feeling like now I am a woman, I'm not a girl anymore? And what that might've been related to for you?
2: Well, Embarrassingly, I think it was when I was first allowed or f- bought my first Cosmopolitan magazine that wasn't Cosmo Girl, which I'm um, not going to recommend this. This but, is amazing, but <laughs> it's just like okay, I'm I can buy this because I'm not going to just read the girl one anymore. I want to mm. read. No one recommends that magazine. This is not, uh, an <laughs> I'm endorsement not familiar. Is
1: it like a very dad. secular, oh, ungodly, it's cosmos? Yeah.
0: I, I honestly, I don't think I've ever looked through it. I've assumed it's pure garbage. <laughs> it is pure garbage. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't recommend it. I'm just saying. But it's I remember what made thinking you feel that like was a big woman. deal. Hmm. It was a big deal to like graduate uh, from that. And then I obviously like puberty, body differences. And then I think that when I first moved out of my house, it mm-hmm. felt like adulthood and womanhood were linked for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm an adult, I'm paying rent, I have a job, all those things. Yeah.
0: How
1: about for you, Chelsea?
0: I think I honestly, as much as I just talked about how if I had a daughter, I don't want to raise her to think like all you can be is a wife and a mom, but I feel like uh, being a wife and a mom has made me feel like a more official woman, even though I don't believe that. I don't believe any single woman who, who doesn't have children, isn't married, is, is not arrived. Right. I don't believe that at all. But I think in my own eyes, like how I judge myself, I think motherhood was like entering into motherhood felt very shocking to me. You know, when I first had a baby, I'd always I'd be holding my baby at home and like go look in the mirror and I'd be like, does this look bizarre? Like, (laughs) can people tell like I'm a fraud Um, (laughs) and I'd go and look and I'd be like, I've never seen a woman. With a baby in her arms and thought like, that looks unnatural. She doesn't know what she's doing. Right. But that's how I th- kind of felt like people would see me mm. because I just thought this is so crazy that I've, that I've actually done this thing of, yeah, bringing life into the world.
1: Did either of you have like rites of passage, have any older None. woman in your life say like, Hey, now you're a woman. No. At Zero?
2: 16, we had a sweet 16 birthday party. My stepdad, um, very kindly, he bought me a beautiful ring from James Avery and it was a purity ring. So we did the, the purity talks and all of that. And then I was given like a hope chest, which is, that's a very like what is that? old school. It was a cedar chest where you like stored, I used it to store like my ideas for what I wanted in my wedding mm. and all of that. So you kind of put like your hopes in it, into it and like your things. Now it sits upstairs and stores random stuff in my house. So cool.
1: Cause your hope has been realized.
2: My hope has been realized. It does have like our wedding photos. It might have my, like some of my stuff from our wedding. I hope and it went just the way you hope. It did go just, it is going the way I hope. Do you feel like, Very Chelsea, blessed. do you feel
1: like you would have responded well if like a, let's say an older woman at your church, you were grown up and was like, Hey, I really want to talk to you about becoming a woman. Would you been like, Oh, I've been dying for that. I think think it would have been confusing?
0: I think I would have been super uncomfortable. But, I mean, there's just a lot of things, like, if that was, like, on pace with everything else, then that would make sense. When I think about, like, men in our church um, who've done rites of passage with their sons, and their sons received it really well because their dads have been discipling them since day one. You know, they weren't like, get away from me, Dad. I don't want to have any weird talks with you. (laughs) Like, they received it and, honestly, I think felt really honored to have their dad and their like other men from the church pray for them. Like it, it, I think they felt really respected by that. And if I had been mature enough or, um, especially in my faith, but also just generally mature enough to know that, that that is an honor. Like that would have, because once I was in my early twenties, I was really eager um, to meet older women in the church hmm. and for them to show me anything. I was like all ears, you know, they that's true you know yeah. um but i just i wasn't mature enough but again i hadn't really been discipled in like a formal way as a child even though i, w- I was in the church so it would have felt uncomfortable to me if someone was like let's talk about being a woman i would have <laughs> been like red flags uh, gotta go gotta go but um no if i was like on a track of discipleship in the church someone taking an interest you know, i think we all relate to that if someone is like really interested in your life yeah cares about you wants to share something meaningful with you or honor you in some way. I, yeah, I think I would have loved that. Yeah. You know.
1: Hey friends, it's March. And that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year it's part of the reason i'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special easter deal this is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family our friends over at lithos kids are having an easter basket sale they have got the brand new little pilgrims big journey complete box set it's now available guys i can't tell you how much i love this resource Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. One of the things we talked about in the last episode is historically, as I've taught about manhood, I've taught societally, I see a lot of society's definition is rooted in achievement for men. Have you ever done this, accomplished this, or been through this? And that would be what defines you as a man. And historically, I've also taught when it comes to womanhood, What's different in our culture is we've often related womanhood to more relationship and responsibility than we have achievement. It's not that you accomplish something so much as that now you are considered responsible for something, or that a woman, uh, somebody in your life that you consider a woman, looks at you like you are a woman. Mm. That it's based on that relationship mm. that somebody you kind of look up to is like, Yeah, you're one of us. Mm. And then that brings a sense of, I am part of the the gang, part of the club. Yeah. Now that's not universal, but it that is the way that I've historically kind of taught that and worked through it. I'd love to hear what you guys say and feel free to pick it apart. But when I say that, are there things that you resonate with there? You go like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's the, our society. The that's first the time
0: I got invited to a bridal shower because I was friends with the bride's mom. Oh, <laughs> old lady. <laughs> Y'all that felt, big I, time. that felt big time. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Oh, this is, this is one of those things where like, I, yes, I'm not the child in this scenario. Cause I still felt kind of like a kid getting married, you know? But yeah, that felt really like, that felt like a nod, you know, of like, all right. Yeah. I'm in sort of. (laughs)
1: That's interesting. What about you, Cassie?
2: Yeah. I think, um, I think I agree with the relationship thing. I think it has a lot had to do with was wrapped up in your body changing and then, like going on dates or dances, all of that kind of felt like introductory into womanhood. Like all of a sudden yeah. you're worthy of a relationship with the opposite sex um, mm. in a way that is kind of new, that would be romantic, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that felt very set apart. Like no no girl is doing that. That's something, you know. Yeah, for that's a, for a grown up. For a grown up, yeah. yeah. Now I don't know that the world sees it that way anymore, but we also had debutante. In our hometown. Whoa. Yeah. Like debutante balls. Or I was whatever, in one of was those. like a coming of age. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I was in one of
1: those. Yeah. It was horrible. Big in the South. Oh, I'd like to see pictures. There are none. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are none. I,
0: I didn't know what it was when I said yes well, to
1: it. what I think is interesting about this is if, if that bears some weight saying that when a woman that I consider a woman considers me a woman, then I am a woman, then it seems like there'd be an opportunity in the family and in the church to help girls feel like, okay, this is, yeah. uh, we're gonna define this together. You are now a woman because me and the other women in your life who care about you are saying that is the case because we see X, Y, and Z in you. Am I right? Is that making logical sense? Like the opportunity is there, like it's mm-hmm. rife. Yeah. Like the, the opportunity to say like, hey, the mature women in your church could do that. The Titus two woman could Help a girl say, like, hey, this is going to be the difference, and we see it in you. Yeah. What is that resonating with you guys at all?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that that's hugely important in terms of the generations and it being, it not just being, um, I mean, I I definitely value the women that are between Maven's age and my age pouring into her because, you know, they're just a step ahead. They're a couple steps ahead of her, but they're still cooler than mom. But I also think it's very important for my friends to love on Maven. And then even for like my mom's generation, like women in the church, that it would be in their 60s. um, For girls to see like a graceful example of aging and maturity and just the way that all of those generations work together to help each other operate as godly women, I think is, is very important. And also, I mean, it's only been recently, um, she's 10 almost 11, uh, that young moms have started like asking her to hold their babies. Mm. And I've noticed, I've seen it in her like, Oh yeah. This this mom would trust me to hold the baby while she ran and went to the bathroom during church. And so for her, it's like an honor. And so, I mean, she's definitely, we we're not to the point where we would have any sort of, uh, rite of passage with her. I think we'll probably wait till 13 for that. But um, I see her already starting to long for that kind of maturity and calling up. Yeah, yeah getting that respect. Yes, yeah. yeah. Maybe uh, respect
1: is a better word. Yeah, I was thinking of, is like good. you just brought up as responsibility though that I was talking about earlier. Like somebody entrusted yeah. her with something that was yeah. really precious. Right. Yeah. And the relationship, the person saw her and said, Maven can do this. But I love, like respect is a great yeah. word for it. Yeah. Saying like, do you have the respect of the women yeah. that you consider to be women? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I noticed when when I used to work in golf and I was a uh working at a country club that there was a golfer there who who has turned out to be a very successful PGA Tour golfer but Tiger Woods. It wasn't Tiger. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but when he when he was a young kid the way men treated him at the country club. Mm. And when he was 11, I mean the way The older men at the country club treated him so different than any other 11-year-old. Do you Hmm, know what I mean? Like they would look him in the eye, shake his hand, speak to him like a man (laughs) about things in his life because they all respected him because he could beat all of them. Because
1: of his golf game.
0: Exactly. Because he had this achievement. But so he got this respect. But it was just funny. I would just sit there and observe it and go, he gets treated like like a corporate CEO yeah, the way people talk to him and regard him, you know, and, but they would walk past every other 11 year old. And if that 11 year old needed anything or said anything, it would be like, Hey, little buddy, you know? Mm, um, Right. But that respect that uh, we can give to our kids moving towards this is a way to show them, you know, we trust you. Yeah. We're we're trusting you with something. Yeah. We expect something out of you, you know?
1: So if a mom came to you and said, Hey, Cassie, I would love it if you could help me think about helping my daughters see the difference between a girl and a woman, we've talked about Christ likeness that's self-sacrificial, but she was like, I want to have like an overt talk where I say, here's going to be the difference. How does this concept of respect from women, maybe marry with what a church program or a church ritual or a Christian parent might design in their own home. Does that make sense? It's going to lead them towards that.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that outside, like, so if you were going to do a rite of passage uh, the way I've seen it done with some of my friends who are ahead of us, they have like all of these women write letters and some of them gather and we'll do like a big thing and they read the letters to their daughters and, and they just kind of affirm what they see in this young woman. Uh, and some have just said "Head mail it to this address and she'll receive it all and then keep them. But I think in addition to that, it's like that comes with encouragement and what's the word edif- ed- like edifying speech towards this new stage of life you're entering comes with responsibility. And right. we're gonna work towards building the trust that will be kind of required for you to take, take, take on more responsibility in our home for different things. And so, I mean, even, I mean, I think, like I said, it can look the same as what, you know, you guys mentioned Oscar doing in last week's episode, but it's like, you're now responsible for your own laundry and maybe your little sisters or yeah. helping with meals or helping with this. And so it's seeing her now as a partner in the home uh, and and helping shape her and prepare her for what it looks like to manage and uh, run her ho- own home someday. Right. And um, doesn't mean she has to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Um, it just means that like that's something that you know God is. She even if she stays single, she will manage a home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like this is something I can yeah. give her very practical tips. Yeah. But all of those things require trust. It's a precious thing to steward a home. Yeah, yeah. And I
1: think you're touching on something there to clarify too. Like we're, we're when we talk about adulthood, a lot of times society means like uh, independence would maybe a word that we haven't talked about much, but we talked about it conceptually in the last episode, we talk about self-control and freedom, right? Independence societally would mean I can do what I want and I will take care. I'll be responsible with that. Right. And then when I'm not, then society would say, well, then you're going to face consequences like jail time or fines or whatever, because you're not responsible with your independence and your independence is infringing on the independence of others, which is a huge Mm. cultural value right now is like you can be as independent as you want to be as long as you don't infringe on the independence, independence of others. But when it comes to this conversation in the church, we're not trying to create a daughter who can be as independent as possible. And that means woman. We we want to have a, a young girl who grows to be a woman who recognizes her complete dependence on God, but because of that is equipped for yeah. whatever the Lord would have for her in his plan. Right. And so there is a difference between what the society would say, like, this is a woman, look, she's on her own. She can do whatever, no glass ceilings, you know, here she goes. Versus we would say, man, she, she can pursue all those things. But similar to what you're talking about earlier, Chelsea, when it comes to our society's view of, of babies is she can be a mom and have these things. Mm -hmm. She, she does not have to have independence from childbearing in order to be a woman. She doesn't have to have independence from a man in order. She can be married. And have this, she can fulfill, you know, these uh, traditional roles and do this. She could also be single and be contented in that Mm -hmm. and be okay. And, and this, it's not about her independence from a man or from her parents. It's about her dependence on God and recognizing her strength that comes from the freedom that comes from dependence on Mm. God. Right.
2: Right. And um, I was pinging a bunch of women this week as I knew this topic was coming up. So I'm calling, you know, women a couple couple years or even decade ahead of me, just kind of asking how they thought about this with their daughters. And uh, was given a resource that a woman who does ministry at Mosaic uh, had written for their women at Mosaic. And I loved the way she she just has like two little descriptions under the word flourish. And it was life giver and strong helper, was how she is discipling women to think about their womanhood That's good at Mosaic. And I just thought that was so helpful because I already see those things in my daughters, their desire to cultivate Mm -hmm. and nurture. Now it's like lizards that they catch or, you know, a flower. They want to take care of something. They want to take care of something and they can, they can live that out regardless of the life stage or season of life that God's going to you know, give to them later. Um, but to kind of fan that flame in them and call that out in them, I thought was a really beautiful idea and kind of image. And then also strong helper and just something as they grow into womanhood um, that they're going to be able to come alongside the church and yeah. be a strong helper. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah. What scriptures come to mind for you guys? When you think about a girl becoming a woman, what comes to mind for you?
2: Mm, I mean, I think Proverbs 31. <laughs> Never heard of that.
0: Uh No. <laughs> I've only heard of that uh, MLM, that P31. What is that? They, I
1: think <laughs> they multi-level sell, marketing? Yeah, I think they sell bags. <laughs> no,
0: there's there's this like tiny little blurb in the Psalms that says, like, may our daughters be pillars. Mm, that's good. And I'm going to find it because I don't know
1: where it is. That's right. Tell I me about that, Proverbs 31, Cassie. So yeah,
2: I mean, I like Proverbs 31 because she... She's a very complicated woman. She's got a lot going on. So she's not, it's not a singularly focused mission that she's on. And I think my favorite part of it is that she laughs at the days to come. Mm. So she's not, our girls today are riddled with anxiety Mm. and fear and self image issues. And, um, and so she doesn't, Proverb in my mind, the Proverbs thirty one, woman isn't anxious about getting older. She isn't anxious about what's to come, but she yeah. her faith and her trust is in God. And that's what enables her to do everything that she's doing. That's so good. And so that's why I really love that prophet. Yeah.
1: That's a great example of like what she is truly liberated from. It's not that she gets to do whatever she wants is that she trusts a God. That means whatever comes, she's going to be okay. And therefore she is truly free. Yeah. Right. She can laugh at the days to To just
2: operate in all of those different, you know, spaces that she's in. She can do that because she's not riddled with, anxiety. Yeah, in, in that the Lord.
1: in that proverb it talks about her like basically doing business things, doing yeah. home things, doing uh cultural things, societal things and it's like yeah and she can she can do all these things. Yeah. And it's not to call out women and say if you're not doing everything and everything well then you're not biblical, rather it's mm-hmm. like no, this is this is an ideal provided for you. In fact, in ancient Jewish homes I believe that the husband would sing Proverbs thirty one over the wife, and the wife would sing Psalm one twelve over the men. Oh, which we, wow. we get into Psalm one twelve some cool. other time. Just but like it, it's we similar. do every morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wake you yeah. up. With like, she's yeah, not totally. afraid
0: of the snow. That's right. You know, stuff I am. Like that. Yeah. I am actually afraid of the snow. Uh, Psalm one forty four verse twelve says, "May our sons in their youth be like plants full grown, our daughters like corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace."
1: Mm. Talk to me about that. So you just
0: think of something strong and something that holds things up yeah. um, that it can't do without. And I love that this verse talks about sons and daughters, but we need everybody. There's room for everyone to flourish. And I yeah. think that's the big narrative that we need to fight Gosh, is that that's like, there's, not, there's not enough flourishing for both men and women to have it. That's not true, right? right. God designed all of us um, for the abundant life. He's calling all of us to something better yes. than than the kind of reckless independence that hurts us and hurts those around us. Right. He's calling us to be like plants full grown and corner pillars cut for the structure of a palace, not a shanty little shack. <laughs> the structure of a palace—that's good. Um, something strong that holds things up, um, and that none of God's callings are insulting. Yeah, and I think that gets confused a lot in the church too. That like. To talk about what women can and can't do. Like all of it develops a connotation at a certain point. Yeah. You know, like you say, stay at home mom. And it just, it gives people a feeling.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. either a badge of honor, or a badge of shame.
0: Yep. Y- yeah. You're going, God's called you to abun- abundant life. Yeah. yeah. And he's called you to serve and he's called you to lead. So if you're serving and leading in your home, that's great. Yeah. If you're single and you're, you don't have children, but you're serving and leading and you're cultivating, you're you're doing what God's called you to. There is room for you to have abundant life because you are made in the image of God, and that does not matter if you are male or female.
1: Yeah, it also doesn't matter. Similar to what we said in the last episode, what age of girl we're dealing with? You don't yeah. have to wait till a girl is sixteen to start talking about calling her up to what no. we call maturity. You don't wait till she's twelve. You you start when you have a baby. If you're listening and you're going, you're about to have your first kid and it's going to be a daughter. You start immediately going. Here's what it looks like to be yeah. a pillar that holds something up. I'm going to call you up to something better. I love the scripture where it talks about how we are from one degree of glory to another yeah. being sanctified. And that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want yeah. for manhood. There may not be a point where my sons I can go, "Today was the day. You became a man." Right. Or for your daughters that you say, "Today was the yeah. day. You became a woman." But I do hope that over time, similar to, you know, uh the way a man grows a beard. Uh Chelsea has heard me say this a million times. Like the distance that we measure, this may sound really weird to you, Cassie, but we measure great distances in light years because it's the distance a light goes in a year. It's a huge swath and it's a measure of distance. There's a very tiny unit of measure called a beard second. And it's the distance that a man's beard grows in one second, which is tiny. So it's unnoticeably small. But what I love about that description is a beard second, it's growing every second. You can't tell unless you look like a day yeah. later or two days later. And that's what I want for our kids as they're going through a maturity. We may not see like, a light years of difference in them. Oh, yesterday you weren't, today you are. Yeah. But we are working towards, in all of our family discipleship, these incremental, degree by degree, look more and more like Jesus. These sometimes imperceptibly yeah. small moves towards sanctification, towards maturity. A girl becoming more and more like a woman of God, and a boy becoming more and more like a man of God. Yeah. And that being built into them by their parents and calling them up adding responsibility and women in their life saying, I see it in you. When I see something positive, I see it. And what a blessing it is to a young girl to hear that. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, friends. If you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, please help us out by giving us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit one of our sponsors and share this episode with one of your friends. If you want to keep up with us or join the conversation, you can follow the Family Discipleship Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. We love you listeners and we are looking forward to all God has for us in the next episode and the rest of the spring to come. We'll see you next week.